The Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rap Show podcast. Well, hello there, folks. How are yous? Welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, we know it's the 23rd of December and uh, everyone around me right now is calling it Christmas Eve Eve. And I think the next person that says, oh, happy Christmas Eve Eve, Rab. Ha ha ha. I think I might punch them in the throat. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we have another podcast to bring you. And this week's podcast, I have to say is going to be epic. I've been sitting on this podcast recording now for a little while, not going to lie, but this one has been kept for a very special reason. We are talking to one of the legends in the piping scene, Mr. Bob Worrell. And I I can't tell you just how incredible it was to spend time with Bob and just chat away. And even on the mic and off the mic, Bob is an absolute legend. And yeah, you know, with both of us now working with the BBC, we were able to kind of talk about a lot of behind the scenes kind of stuff. And it was just awesome hanging out with Bob, finding out everything. So what we have on this week's podcast is a little bit of a podcast of a difference. Now, of course, this week being Christmas week with the holidays and everything. Yeah, ourselves and the Rab Show team, we've been working... Whoop! I just hit my mic stand. We have been working furiously on the next few episodes to give ourselves some time off. And that's a full disclosure. So this is being pre-recorded well before the 23rd. <laughs> um, but I have to say, um, the, this was all thanks to a huge effort on the Big Rab Show team. We've managed to put together quite an awesome string of shows coming your way, guys. And I'm not going to spoil next week's episode. But... um. <clears throat> Mm. next week's episode is going to be possibly one of the best that we've done in a long, long time. But that's not to undersell this one, because this one... Oh, my word. I do understand that a lot of folks will be listening to this, possibly when preparing their Christmas dinner and stuff like that. But honestly, this is one for the piping fans. And, um, yeah, we are the show for the piping folk, you know? Yeah, we get the opportunity to chat to Bob Worrell, and we'll talk all about that in a wee second or two. But, yeah, full disclosure... This has been pre-recorded maybe a week or so before the 23rd. So then we can honestly take some time off, spend it with the family and all the rest. But honestly, yeah, we still wanted to bring you guys some incredible piping content. And we've got a great show in front of us. So that might explain why we don't have any piping news this week. We don't have any listener mail and we don't have a weekly drone. And I know some people's going to be really upset about that. And... I have to say, apologies, you know, we have to sometimes make allowances to give ourselves some time off. Um, So, yeah, but don't worry, I have to say, weekly drones are still flying in, by the way. Uh, So, yeah, get your weekly drones into us. You can visit our website, thebigrabshow.com forward slash weekly drone. And, yes, submit them to us, warts and all, and we can all draw our own conclusions. (laughs) So no weekly drone this week, I'm afraid. Uh, because, let's face it, it's the mouth of Christmas. We don't want to start depressing folks talking about RSPBA headquarters and their financial implications for the incoming season. 
Let's just chill out, folks, and enjoy the holidays that's in front of us. The piping world the, over 2020, I believe, has took a bit of a battering. It seems to be bad news story after bad news story, and it's just been relentless. Um, but we do hope that we're hoping to shine a little bit of positivity, rolling through the month of December, into January, into 2021, Heading 2021 with gusto and throwing that bag under the arm again and throwing sit down some decent tunes. I'm very excited for 2021. I dare say it's going to be a year of a difference for the piping scene. We'll possibly talk more about that in future episodes. Um, but I cannot wait for 2021. Let's just say that. Uh, but equally, I can't wait for this next few episodes that are coming up. Um, so last week's episode actually was really quite special. I hope you guys managed to enjoy that. That was Bruce Gandhi, which was an epic conversation to hear all about his process, all about his approach to playing at the Glymphitic and stuff. Oh, absolutely incredible interview. So again, I have to say a huge thanks to Bruce Gandhi for taking time to chat to us here in the Rab Show it was awesome hanging out with Bruce and just finding out everything to do with his, you know, his pipe and history, his approach to it and preparation. Yeah, and a lot of people really seem to enjoy that. So thanks, everyone. I've, you know, actually getting quite a lot of emails in from that show. So thank you, everyone. Um, also, we have our Christmas list. And again, we did get some criticism from you folks out there going, ah, there goes Rab again. Hashtag list. And um, yeah, but we do our Christmas list show every year. So that's what we do. So there you go. But we do hope we manage to give you some food for thought on there, actually. A lot of real interesting products flying about the piping world. And we hope to point you in the right direction for some. There you go. Now, we are aware that there was some that we omitted from our list. And people were saying, oh, there's a glaring big omission there. Rab, why did you not talk about this and this and that and the other thing? Well, because, honestly, our show is only so long and we didn't want to sit reading the list for over an hour and a half. So there you go. That's our reason. So, folks, yes, there's no listener mail this week. There is no weekly drone. But we do still want to hear from you. Our email address, of course, bigrabshow at gmail.com is our email address. And, of course, you can reach us on Weekly Drone totally anonymously through our website, thebigrabshow.com forward slash Weekly drone. So maybe over the course of the holidays when you're sitting and you're chilling out, listening to a few tunes and stuff, and then you think to yourself, I'm going to send in a weekly drone. Then do it. Do it. Don't delay. Send them in to us now. And yes, your weekly drone will reach a future show, I can guarantee. There you are. All right. Now, I didn't do a proper introduction there, telling everyone about, of course... We are the show for the bagpiping folk, because you already know that by now, of course. Um, but uh, <coughs> if you don't, then this is the Big Rab Show. We are the show for the bagpiping folk. <laughs> uh, yes, if you would like to help support us, then you can. Like every other podcast out there, we do have a Patreon. Now, it's not necessary. You don't have to. Don't feel forced that you have to go and support us over there. But... You can if you want to. And honestly, it's the lifeblood of the show. We do really appreciate our Patreon faithful over there. And if anything, they've already caught sight of this Bob Worrell interview. And they actually have access to the video of this interview that you're about to listen to. So, yes, if you are interested, of course, those uh, videos of the interviews that we've taken over this last few shows, they're available on our Patreon page. You can go and have a look at that. Just click on support and you can watch our gorgeous faces talking. 
<laughs> plus, there's loads of exclusive performance clips back there. There's episodes of Big Rab Show Plus. There was one dropped not too long ago there at the start of the month. Um, so, yeah, tons of extra pipe and content back there. If you do like any of the stuff that we're doing here on the Big Rab Show, then consider being part of the Patreon faithful, you know, and lending us your support so we can continue producing all of this amazing content. Also, don't forget to check out our ongoing promotions with Piper's Dojo. Yes, it's coming into the new year very soon and everyone will start looking for New Year's resolutions or new challenges and all that sort of stuff. So why not go along to the Piper's Dojo and tick, yeah, our $1 premium test drive. So BigRabShow.com forward slash dojo is our special offer. You can go there and pay $1 for 30 days. Ticket for a test drive and you get access to absolutely everything. I mean everything. Not even not just your standard basic stuff. This is a scale, this is how you play a you know <laughs> a run or whatever. But no, this opens the doors to even the most advanced Peabrook plan taught by some of the biggest names in the piping scene. You know, with Callum Beaumont have come on. I'm just gonna start naming names now and folks are gonna get offended. But honestly, you get some huge big names in here giving one-to-one lessons on some occasions and it's simply incredible and to get that for 30 30 days for one dollar i don't know it's insane so go and have a look at it thebigrabshow.com forward slash dojo is where you can go to sign up to take advantage of our 30-day premium test drive is what we're calling it and you know at the end of 30 days you know if you haven't learned anything and you think it's no good then you can cancel it but if you decide to keep it on then the world's your oyster. You've already started on your 30 days of improving your plan. So there you go. Go and check it out. TheBigRabShow.com forward slash dojo. Now we do have other offers and deals and stuff on there at the moment. Plus we have the Big Rab Show store where you can go and buy your merch and that. But I have to say, if you were going to buy it now on the December 23rd, uh, your merch might not reach you by Christmas, which is in a couple of days. <laughs> So don't order it now thinking you're going to get it under your tree in a couple of days' time. Unfortunately, that won't be the case. Uh, so, they, but yeah, you can check it out. Possibly buy yourself some New Year's gifts or something. I, I don't know if people do that. But thebigrabshow.com forward slash shop is where it all is. There you go. All right. I think that's enough of me rambling for now because we don't have any piping news and stuff at this point in the show where we normally would go into the news. Um, I think it's about time where I share possibly one of the biggest interviews we've done in quite a while. Bob Worrell, the voice of the piping scene. Bob Worrell has been a judge at the Worlds. He's also been our commentator for BBC Scotland and is also on the live stream. Of course, all of you guys tuning in internationally will have heard Bob's voice commenting on all of the different performances from throughout the years. So we get chatting to a bit of a piping legend, if you don't mind me saying so. And uh, I, yeah, I had to pinch myself that the interview was actually happening. And uh, yeah, I think throughout the interview, I just had to remind myself, that's Bob Worrell. That's Bob. That's Bob Worrell. I'm, I'm talking to Bob Worrell. So y- you might actually hear that in the interview, the odd time where I'm going, that's Bob Worrell. <laughs> So, honestly, I'm so excited to bring this interview to you guys. Um, So, yeah, Uh, we didn't cut it at all. We didn't edit it for time or anything like that. Uh, Sometimes podcasters do that. They kind of remove questions and answers and stuff to cut everything down for time. But I hope you guys appreciate this. We really just wanted to present you with the full conversation, warts and all, mistakes and everything and all of that. It's all in there. 
because honestly, we think the entire thing is gold. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's that time of the week. <laughs> it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. The British Drum Company is a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits, and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world. The world of pipe band drumming is represented by the Axial Range, launched in August 2019 with innovative features developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBA. The stunning Axial Range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you. With a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. McClellan Bagpipes from North American artisan bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Euston, Scotland. They adhere to the highest traditions of Scottish bagpipe making, using the finest materials, employing bespoke design and committing to constant innovation and evolution. Including exciting new products such as the Elevation Chanter plus restoration work on vintage bagpipes for the next generation. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McClellan Bagpipes. Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Ah, yes. Topic of the week time. And, yeah, the initial part of the show, the beginning there, didn't take very long, did it? Um, But, yes, this next interview with Bob Worrell, I have to say, before I hit the go button here and let you guys hear the conversation... I have to say a huge, huge word of thanks to all of the Rab Show team who tirelessly worked behind the scenes to put all of this together with the list of questions and that. It was a real intelligent conversation and we honestly think it was a fantastic interview. And also to Bob Worrell himself, who was such a good sport for taking time to chat to us, I suppose. You know, he's an incredibly busy man. Um, So, yeah, at this time during the holiday season, it was just awesome to talk to Bob here on the Rab Show podcast. So, guys, I think... Yeah, without further ado, we should welcome Bob to the podcast. And welcome to the podcast. Uh, a bit of a, a voice from the piping world, which is so much better than mine, Mr. Bob Worrell. <laughs> How are you, Bob? Are you well? 
I'm doing fine. I'm a voice from the past, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not a bit, not a bit. And if anything, it's a voice, Bob, that so many folks missed this year with the World Championships being cancelled and everything. 2020 just has been awful for the piping world, hasn't it? It was awful. Yeah, it truly was awful. And, you know, some sad bits, some adjustments and everything. Everyone's just trying to keep going and we'll see where we get from here. It's going to be tough. That's it indeed. Yeah. So, you know, with that in mind, did you miss the world championships just as much as we missed it this year? Do you know, what did you, what did you do in August of this year? What did I do in August? Um, Well, uh, I'm pretty heavy duty into the gardening here at home. And, um, and, but of course, once August arrives and I go overseas, uh, I was supposed to go over and then go directly to Lorient to the festival there. And yeah, of course, none, none of that happened. And so no weed in the garden was safe this summer. <laughs> uh, and the, gar- the garden looked better than it ever has in August. And, uh, and then I got into something that my dad and I used to do when I was a kid. Uh, we used to go out in uh, late summer and uh, and collect these monarch butterfly uh, caterpillars and we put them in jars and put the, oh, uh, the wow. leaves in and then they would go to the chrysalis stage and then they would hatch and would release monarch butterflies so i said that's what i'm gonna uh. do this summer and um got a bit obsessed with it i don't know it's probably the personality a little obsessive about things so i went crazy <laughs> on it and we ended up having uh 88 monarchs uh, wow. hatched and safely released so that i think 44 females 44 males and and uh, then and the little devils they fly all the way to mexico they winter over in mexico and so it's one generation to go down there mm-hmm. but then it takes them three generations to come back so already wow. maybe do it again next year but we'll we'll see that's fascinating you're going to get me into butterflies now bob uh, yes, <laughs> it's amazing. So many people were watching the pictures and everything. So how do you do this? Where do you get them and all of that? Yeah. So uh, I have a lot of people interested in in doing, it, especially people with young children, because it's uh, it's really something you can do with your kids, as my mm. dad did with me. My mother was never too impressed with it because we would keep a stash of uh, milkweed leaves in in the crisper in the fridge, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they almost made their way into a salad at home. Oh no. Yeah. No, 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 the boss. <laughs> she, she wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So I hope you don't mind me saying that you have pretty much been the voice of the world championships for thousands of people around the world now for years. Uh, can I ask then, what does a world championship look like for you every year? It's bound to be so different from those folks on the grass competing. Yeah, it well, it, it was quite an adjustment for me doing it when I was asked to do it initially, and I thought I'm, I have no broadcasting background. I'm I'm a high school teacher, and um, they said we know, um, but we need someone to give the commentary who's got a background, who's it in it, and who's an adjudicator. They wanted someone who was an adjudicator. Yeah, and the only direction they gave me uh, because I said define my role because before I agreed to it I, I could make a right fool of myself on this you know and uh, they said well we, we haven't done this since the 1970s and um, so you're going to have to kind of define your role as you go along oh wow and, um, <laughs> and they said just we want to bring in the general audience so mm. don't get too technical 
to to alienate them. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't want to, you know, alienate our people and dumb it down too much where yeah. they're going just shaking their head, oh, Bob, you know, that was really <laughs> cheap. You know. So it, it's that fine line you've got to kind of walk with it and, um, and to try and connect with people. Speaking with John Wilson there after he emceed the, the Glen Fiddick and he said, Bob, it was so difficult. He says, I'm standing there at a microphone, there's a camera looking at me and I'm not talking to an audience, you know, feed off an audience and everything. And it was so difficult. And I said, now you know what I go through. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you've got these microphones and you're not seeing anyone that you're talking to. So it's, um, it, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting job. Um, and it changes a little bit every year. Um, but, but there's certain things that they don't want to change. They say it's, mm. it's kind of a formula that people are, are used to. And, and I know with the television program that airs um, a few days or a week after that a lot of people like to see more bands from other grades covered and, and, and all of that. It's tough because, you know, they've got a budget and they're allocated a certain amount of time. Mm. And so they put the focus on the primary focus in grade one plus some human interest stories that they blend into that. That's right. That's yeah, usually yeah. where they, they, they do involve me in that. They suggest, you know, what's new in pipe bands that we might want to pursue. And it might be a leadership thing. It might be a band on the rise. Mm. Um, in that fact, I did suggest there a couple of years back that uh, with a band of kids coming from Zimbabwe, it might be one that they might want to, yes. want yeah. to cover. And, you know, it was a band that I'd been going down and doing some work with, um, Paul Brown has been down with me to work with the drummers and Doug Stronach's gone several times to work with the drummers uh, mm -hmm. in the band. And just, it's a wonderful organization to come from a third world country and, and the sacrifice they make. Everyone talks about the amount of money that it costs for an overseas band to get there and this and that. Yeah. You have no idea until <laughs> it's a band coming from Zimbabwe. Um, yeah. And... Um, so they, they ended up covering that band that year, and of course the band ended up winning the the novice that year, which was really was really quite a thrill for them. That's it. And a thrill, I think, a thrill for for piping and pipe bands in in general, you know, because it just shows the global nature of it, and uh, and the joy when there's a win. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and it was a real fairy tale, I suppose. And yeah. then for to have the BBC focus on that, it was honestly yeah. fantastic. Yeah. There's a, I, I don't know, with year after year, there's just so much um, on the internet and, and people discussing the world as we're leading up to it. There's a lot of hype. Mm. Um, and with the championships leading up to it every year, that, that's always really interesting to follow that. And everyone's speculating and betting on who they think is going to get it. And, <laughs> you know, I get questioned yeah. in advance, what do you think? I went, yeah. <laughs> It's anyone's. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's just it's razor thin between the bands, and yeah. uh, uh, I find it interesting. Just there, there are membership changes in the bands from year to year, and um, I call it, you know, usually in you know September, October, and that the when we've had a fall season, that's I call it the fall shuffle. That's well, it. One yeah. person goes to this band or that band, and they're all over the place and everything. <laughs> interesting to watch. Um, the two-day format has been interesting to watch that kind of evolve and to have both days blended into the result. Yeah, yeah. That's been a real challenge for some bands too, yeah. Immense mm -hmm. challenge. And then, of course, you've got the weather factor can be 
great on one day and stinko on the other, mm -hmm. or it could be stinko on both days. And uh, and when we went to the uh, when we went to the streaming, the live streaming of because the first four years I worked with them, it was um, there was no live streaming. It was just yeah pre-recorded yeah performances that went yeah. online and and then they blend bits and pieces from key performances into the, the television program so even now with the streaming well i'm not heard during the performances i'm talking through all of those performances and then if they decide to use a bit from a certain band's performance into the television program they'll try and grab a little snippet for where i i said something maybe I say, yeah, or whatever, uh, into the program. So, but at the end of the day, you're really mentally exhausted, and um, and your voice just goes. Yeah, in. you can't be sitting in there drinking a lot of fluid because then you have to go to the toilet. Of well, course, and then there's another band at the line. You're talking straight through. Because <laughs> that, yeah, there's no breaks in between there. You know, band after band after band, and you're in the booth really that whole time Bob yeah the whole time the whole time and then you know when the when they finish the one event so if the MSRs are all done at the end of that one and you make your announcements and telling people when we'll be back and this and that and whatever mm -hmm. and I take my leave and they know at that point outside the little the portable toilets like stay clear because yeah. usually <laughs> I'm running for it at that point and the team, and the team, they've been, um, the team that have worked on it over the years um, has stayed pretty stationary for for the most part. You know, Jackie's been the chief commentator yeah. since day one, and she's just absolute dream to work with. She loves doing that, um, even though she'd retired from reading the news um, for BBC Scotland. She was still going to be doing the program this past year, so she hasn't retired yeah. from the scene. and. I'm interested to see what will happen next year if if everything goes according to plan. Um, the um, the director Gregor Sterling uh, has been involved right from from the get go, and I just saw recently that he's he's semi retired. So I don't know if he's going to continue to work on certain projects with them or not. Yeah, or just uh... to go off skiing in the sunset, which he loves to do. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just always a great professional team and and it's a lot of fun over the course of the day mm -hmm. yeah that it is and uh, you know thankfully i was there a couple of years ago now working with the bbc myself and just seeing the goings on behind the scenes and i have to say there's an incredible amount of work that goes on covering the event never mind actually being in it as a bandsman but actually being behind the scenes it's an incredible amount of work how much would would you put in yourself as preparation for all of this a fair amount without going overboard mm -hmm. um so if there are any kind of key personnel changes in this and that you know a new lead drummer pipe major new pipe sergeant and yeah things like that i like to highlight those things over the course of the day at some point because mm -hmm. because those those are things people want to hear about and uh, just to establish a connection with people yeah um, and then I like to keep get a good handle on what they're going to be playing. Um, yeah, so a bit of an insight as to what you're going to hear, yeah. Yeah, now this past year I was out on the first day doing ensemble sheets um, for the association, not to be counted into the result, but um, 
So I knew what they had played in the first day. So I knew it was going to be the opposite in the next day. So mm -hmm. I always go back to my hotel room and jot some rough notes down on maybe composers of tunes or, and, and you've heard online some of the medleys early enough during, during the year. Yeah. And um, you see a name of a tune and go, hmm, that, it might be kind of, a bit of a weird name and you think there's a story there i wonder if it's a story i could tell there so i'll go. send white majors <laughs> notes and say can you tell me something about this you know that, <laughs> like blend in the program and they're always more than happy to share and they're really really good with that um so there's that kind of preparation that goes on and composers are tuned and maybe some of the classics uh that you want to make um mm -hmm. uh, mention of and um yeah just to just keep it moving on and there's a bit of filler but, but you don't have much time because you know the band's in the final tuning area and you're making some comments about that's where the personnel stuff might come in and yeah. then you talk about some of the tunes we can expect to hear and composers and now the band's coming to the line and I've got the two mics so then my uh, that mic gets down and then a live streaming mic goes up and then I right. continue yes. to talk through the performance. And you have to keep in mind too that the team outside in the other booths, they're listening and you've got the producer and the director, they're working with this and they're directing camera positions as you know mm -hmm. how, how that all works. Now do they know that um, Mrs. McPherson Vindran is, is a six-part reel and do they know that we're coming close to the end of the performance or at the end of the Strasbourg, we are now in the last part. And so I'll yeah. make mention of the transitions. So then the director can then maybe uh, alert one of the camera positions. Oh, to I see. Yeah. So I'm talking, it's ah. kind of indirect directing. Yes. And uh, which, which is fun. That's really uh, clever, actually. Yeah, that's really good. And then writing hmm. some rough notes down about, some things that were really, really good and some things that uh, may have caused a bit of a problem for the adjudicators when yeah. they're, they're trying to determine mm, where do we place this band. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the band is done, I hear in my headpiece, okay, Bob's, uh, the, um, the, the other mic goes up and the, the, the live streaming mic goes up and mm -hmm. the performance mic goes down and then I give some, a bit of a summation Yes. Then you sometimes caught if the band came to the line earlier than they had to, you've got a little extra time in the shoot. So then they're saying, "Keep talking, Bob. keep keep going, get Phil, Phil." <laughs> yeah, you, gotta, you just got to go by the seat of your pants at that point. So <laughs> be, be prepared, but you need some flexibility to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, there you are. Do you know, it's, it's bound to be an exhausting day, like you said. And, uh, you know, by the end of the World Championships, most bandsmen and women out there are knackered from a weekend of competing. But you're equally so exhausted from a weekend of walking us through it online. Yeah. So of course, then you've got the folks at home playing the silly stuff, you know. That's, I was just going to ask you, are you aware of this? You know, people throwing big parties and everything. And then the famous Bob World drinking game. Oh, there's a bingo. There's a Bob World bingo too. I've seen the the bingo as well. Yeah, the bingo's good. We used to <laughs> we used to do that at at school. I was I was head of the social science department in our school, and uh, when we go into the staff meetings once a week, or sorry, once a month, it was the first Monday of every month. Mm. The um, 
the principal at the time, he, he liked to he liked to talk a lot. And of course, we were sitting there saying, oh, we've just taught all day and everything. We've got marking to do, we've got preparation to do and lesson planning, etc. Yeah. But he, he had, as any administrator does, they've got their key phrases and expressions. Yes. So I suggested at one point in time to keep us nice and alert that we do the bingo game. <laughs> because a lot of us were already doing that in our classes at the end of a, uh, a unit on a specific thing that we were dealing with mm -hmm. and we would um, have all the terms that the students had to know and then you just plug the terms in and everyone there's a program and you, everyone gets a different bingo card yeah. and then you and you get all the terms and then you just wait for it we put a, a loony <laughs> in for everything <laughs> you, uh, we, everyone put a loony at the start of the game and then if someone got a bingo i said now look in the staff meeting you can't scream bingo <laughs> whoever wins then <laughs> collects all the loonies. So I, I knew that such a thing existed. And um, and then I remember the first time I was alerted to it and I saw some pictures online and I'm pretty sure it was Ian Donaldson's crew down in Dunedin, Florida. And they had a band party going and they had a big thing of chart paper and then some of my expressions. <laughs> and it was like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Yeah. And, and taking a drink every time I... <laughs> and, and and I thought it was brilliant. I thought this is great because let's face it: how many expressions can a piping judge, an ensemble judge, or a drumming judge different expressions? Yeah. You, or you know, and, and a lot of them are, are part of our training as adjudicators. Like uh, they're all there. That's and, it. <laughs> so consequently, you know, over the course of the day, you're going to get a lot of repetition and certain <laughs> keywords and. So um, so I'm not offended by it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But then I can play the game too uh, because I can then start thinking up. And this crossed my mind just a few years ago mm. um, that there are words that we could use as adjudicators to describe aspects of a performance um, that are a bit esoteric words but we normally well you would never see on us on a score sheet mm -hmm. and um so i had a few of those banked and uh, in fact malcolm mccray a solo piping judge who comes over from australia every year and adjudicates in the summer in scotland he he had suggested he's a retired lawyer so he's he's got the language skills so he had yeah. suggested a whole plethora ah there's a good one yeah <laughs> <laughs> of reels there and that, anyways, he suggested a whole bunch of turns but there was one i remember the first year i did this i thought i'm just going to drop this one into the mix and um and the the band had delivered a component of the performance could have been the reels with just great precision they didn't you know it wasn't too fast it was very efficient rhythmic accuracy everything was there yeah. So I said, oh, those reels were delivered with great alacrity. Now, I'd been reading Ooh, a lot of British wow. novels. Yeah. And British writers use the word alacrity a lot. North American writers don't. But I see. As soon as I said it, of course, my phone was going off. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, friends at home would say, alacrity, yeah, Bob, you've, you've got the thesaurus out there today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was I two, three years ago, year before last, I struggled. 
to hold back certain keywords that you just you use you just use them all the time yeah I'm that's not, it i'm going to avoid it like the plague <laughs> and it came to the last band performing and i waited till the end they had just finished and then they said bob's live streaming mic up and i went for it to describe the performance the performance and i was like bing 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 i know like seven or eight of them all in a row yeah <laughs> Which, no the the bbc fellows in one of the other trailers the bingo bit they were playing the bingo one year they, really oh yeah they were doing it <laughs> so I guess oh. Right. oh my goodness people are having fun and isn't That's that it. what it's all about Exactly, exactly. So, Bob, I have to ask you, you've, you've been on stage as well quite a lot in the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall, you know, as compared to a lot of huge events and everything. Is there any one concert or performance on the big stage in Glasgow that really stands out to you as a, as a particular standout moment? All of them. All of them, yeah. Yeah, it just, first off, to do something like that is, it's an honour. Mm. And um, the first time I did it, oh, oh that was nerve-wracking. You oh, know? really? Yeah. And I was thinking, I think I just want to go back to a booth where I don't see anybody. It's you know? <laughs> a big, big crowd in that hall, yeah. Packed, you know. Mm. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times for, for field marshals concerts, and I did um, one for Inverary. Now, yeah. the Inverary one, they were going to go without a compare. And mm-hmm. then it was at the last minute, I might have already been over in Scotland and um, and Stuart and Stephen got a hold of me and said we were going to go without a compare and the more we think about it there are some key points where we do need it not mm-hmm. like the running compare through all the whole thing and yeah which I, I just believe it's the focus has to be on the music and the band etc and who whomever is out there doing the thing with a microphone mm. Do your bit and get off. You know, just <laughs> only fill in if the band's not quite ready in terms yeah. of tuning. And, and you know full well if you're doing one for Field Marshal, Richard's going to make sure that the sound is just right before he brings it out. So, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to have a few in your back pocket if you're doing anything for Field Marshal because yeah. you know what he's like with the sound. It's got oh, 100%. Be perfect. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so they felt much more comfortable as time went on with them. The Inverary one was interesting. I think the moment there where they said, we want to do um, uh, the Canadian barn dance thing. They figured I would know all about oh, that. Oh, yes. I've never, yeah. I've never seen a Canadian barn dance in Canada. It's a Scottish <laughs> folk. That's it. <laughs> it's nothing. We don't have it. And this business, one, two, three, hop, and then the big clap and everything else. Goes. Yeah. That, that was all, all new to me. They said, we want to get some members of the audience up to do this, but but don't tell them that they're going to be dancing. So right. we need a little help from some audience members. I had to somehow get people to come up. Come on stage. Know exactly what they're going to be doing until yeah. I had them right at the front of the stage. Rab Matheson and Anne, they were one of the couples. And I think if you had a contest that night for it, like they, they definitely would have won the gold medal. Award. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it, we're going to do the Canadian barn dance, and Rab was like, yes, yes, I know that one. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but that was, that, that was fun. And um, yeah, it just, but I'd say that the, probably the most unique one 
was when I um, co-emceed it with John Wilson for the Live in Ireland. Yes, uh, uh, Live in 87. Yeah, yeah. Back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then they did it in Belfast. John was tied up that weekend. He couldn't go. So I, I did that one on my own. But yeah. the, the one in Glasgow with John, we had fun. My gosh, we had fun. I was going to say, you and John just seemed to have a, a laugh up there, the two of you. You seemed to really enjoy that concert, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, and it was all, it was all the, there were parts that were scripted and parts that weren't. Um, but I, I have no sense of direction. I, I taught geography for 30 years, and I have no sense of direction. <laughs> and uh, so John was going to have a go at me for that. And he said, why don't you come out? late we're ready to start and then you come out late and and i said you know look he can't even find his way around in his own home he has no sense of direction usually he'll be wandering around downstairs in the bowels here of the concert hall not being able to find the 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 backstage entrance but i was backstage as he was taking the you know what out of me yeah and so of course when i went on then then i caught him off guard and that's when i said I heard that, I heard that, and I, I'm guilty, I have no sense of direction. But this man, this great friend beside me, you know, he's never been on time for anything in his life. You know, and he's going, oh, no, oh, no, there he goes. And his wife and daughter were seated right there in the front row. I said, this man was even late for his own wedding. Yeah. Right? Of course, throughout the audience, all the women are going, boo. <laughs> Let's just verify. His wife is seated right in front of Connie, and she's going, I, he was late. I said, there we go. <laughs> so there were, there were bits and pieces which were um, scripted in advance and then bits that weren't, you know. Yeah. Oh, that, if anything, that really came across on that show. I was there in the audience, and it just it added to the whole atmosphere of celebration and folks just laughing and enjoying music. It was so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Bob, I have to ask you some serious piping questions now, unfortunately. Um, away from presenting and all the rest, uh, I have to ask about your time as a judge as well. Um, now, over this last, well, specifically this last 10 years, and the selection of music of bands this last while seems to be getting more and more modern. You know, the, the medleys are getting more complicated and all the rest. How do you feel the development of music selection in bands has developed over this last 10 years? Do you think it's more modern, more traditional? Depends on the band. Um, yeah, I, I'd say it's it's a blend. Um, it, first off, if we just deal with the MSR component for a minute, you know, for a long time I've been calling yeah. for let's get more variety in there. Now, can you imagine to be sitting in a booth, mm. yeah, for hours on end, and here comes another Highland wedding. Here comes another Lord Alexander Kennedy. Here comes another Clan McRae. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I've been calling for a three-year ban on the on six six part of tunes. Ban them. Yeah. For three years, and then mm. in year two of the three-year ban, there'd be certain Strathspeys, and then in year three there'd be certain reels. Now the, the Strathspey one would be a little trickier, but. You mightn't ban six, but you might have three or something like that. Yeah. Even, you know, uh, Susan McLeod said to me a few years ago, and she listens to the whole program and everything else. She said, you must be getting sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I said, Susan, it, it, it's a brilliant stress, babe, but yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's, the that's MSR good. formula has been the same now for I don't know how long. And bands do keep repeating tunes, yeah. Yes, they do. And now, without mentioning names, there are some bands that have been shaking it up a bit and mm. going with a four-part at March that um, is lesser known, at least in band band circles and that. Sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. Some of those are more so to, so, um, suited rather for a, a lower tempo on the solar boards. And then when you bring the tempo up, you just flatline it a little bit. So there's yeah. been some experimenting going on there because um, a lot of those tunes are more involved technically. Mm-hmm. And then to get the expression at that tempo, ooh, it's tough. Difficult to do, Let's yeah. It, you know, uh, a tune like The Highland Wedding is not difficult in terms of technique. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Highlanders. There's another for the top six. It's straightforward. It's very mm-hmm. straightforward in terms of technical demand, but many of the others... Um, I remember Shots, uh, they played uh, for a year or two, they played Captain Carswell when Reb, Reb had the band. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I won the marches at Inverness with, with that tune. So when they played it, I thought, this, this, this is going to be demanding. Yeah. And, and they pulled it off really, really well. Um, so, you know, two or three of the other bands are doing that and... I, you know, I would encourage it more and more. I'm, it's interesting. You make a comment about banning certain tunes, and then, and then years later, you start hearing people say, "Wouldn't it be a good idea if the association maybe came along and, and maybe the music board and through the adjudicators made a recommendation and got accepted that certain tunes be?" And of course, then there'd be a decision-making committee that would yeah. decide on the tunes and they get <laughs> input from the bands. But you know, it could be it could be done. Um, and but when you hear that and going okay i planted the seed now let's see where it goes see what happens yeah (laughs) the medleys i was thinking about that um i was asked this question in an interview recently and i i think if you took a look at the bands to date the the top grade one bands and if you looked at the average playing ability out there in the field it's stunning yeah that is it's incredible top soloists in the world out there, they can play anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, from another generation back, you, that was not the case. You'd have some, but not mm-hmm. a whole band at that, at that level. So tunes that are being composed or arranged that have incredible demand associated with them, no problem. Yeah. It's a matter of impact. Is it going to have the impact? Can we blend it? Can we can we weave it into a good melodic uh, presentation? Or is it solid rhythm? Does it have a melodic line to it? You know, those kinds of questions. But yes. You would never have a band today saying, oh, um, there are too many. Oh, gosh. Those have Adri movements. Was it G. Grace note in it? Oh, that's a P-Rock <laughs> thing. Oh, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, you'd have three quarters of the pipe is going, no, yeah, no, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. So you're hearing tunes out there that, um, I think for a lot of the audience members, I think there's a lot of wow factor going on. Yeah. 
And then at the same time, if it's all wow factor and there's no, you know, you need yeah. the calm before the storm. You do. Set yeah. Up the storm. So we're now seeing, I think, some tradition being blended back in, whether it's with the intro tune. We don't need to come on with a razzmatazz hornpipe. You see a band coming on with a, a melodic 3-4 march and then building toward yes. a conclusion. So highs and lows in the performance. Mm-hmm. And so the last 10 years, I think, have just been in, incredible in terms of that kind of growth, that level of sophistication. And keep in mind, these people are all, this is a hobby. Yeah, that's it. No one's getting paid here. No, <laughs> exactly. It's an absolute hobby. And to hear that coming out, you know, it's just, yeah, uh, just, you know, tonally over the last 10 years too. Uh, you know, there was a point in time where a, a certain sound could have quite easily dominated the contest, whereas mm. now... Mm-hmm, you're expecting that. Yeah. You know, it's a checkoff. You know, you're expecting a certain level of uh, mm-hmm. tonal perfection and stability and drones. And and you're just not having the same frequency of comments on sheets where uh, it's a pity about the drones from, you know, the halfway yeah. point on. That doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. no. So th- there's been a lot of progress there and progress technically. And uh, and in terms of musical sophistication, I know there'd be people who would agree with me. They'd say, oh, there's just a lot of, too much razzmatazz in some of these tunes. But sometimes, yeah. Um, but then it comes down to taste and everything else. But um, the level the level of playing has gone way, way up. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah. So I think with, with all of your years of commenting now on the event, Bob, has there ever been a performance that you were talking to or listening to and it kind of drew your breath away and you thought what did i just listen to do you know has there any been any a performance and you thought wow <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah, bound to be I, a lot of years there you know where you're like yeah I, yeah i as as an adjudicator right now obviously i have to be kind of careful on that i don't, yeah. I don't want people to think oh that he's Favoring one band over another, or whatever. But yeah, they're they're being from all of the top bands over the last few years. All of the top contending bands' performances mm-hmm. where I go, whoa! And I know at the end, um, I've, I've made comments along that line. My sister yeah. was listening at home a few years back, and there's one of those performances, and my mic went live, and they're waiting for me to make a comment, and I was just taken away. <laughs> and then finally she said I thought there's something wrong because I thought it was great and then you finally came on and said that's as good as it gets yeah yeah. Um, I'd say from an emotional standpoint um, the year before St. Lawrence O'Toole won mm-hmm there are medley I was in the booth just from an emotional standpoint I'm not talking mm-hmm. about tonal perfection technical perfection I'm just talking about the emotional impact yes. it really grabbed me that day wow uh, yeah they didn't win they won the following year um, 
And there have been there have been several by field marshal and several by Inverary over over the last few years. Mm. And now you've got Simon Fraser coming back on strong in the last couple of years with Indeed. some really really good performances. And and uh, and Bog Hall has really, um, I think Ross has really found himself with the band, and yeah. it's all kind of gelling mm. there now, and. Scottish power musically in the MSR, I think, has, you know, they're one of the bands that's gone to a four-part at March and mm-hmm. um, kind of given the green light maybe for some of the other top contending bands to really start thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, playing a 3-4 at the start of a medley, but also integrating Pebronk into a, into a medley. That's right, yeah, and yeah. From an arrangement standpoint, and they did that with their arrangement to Mary McLeod, mm-hmm. um, at different points through the selection. Very, very clever, very sophisticated arrangements. Yeah. And um, so, you know, there, there comes the end of the day. Yes, you're an adjudicator, but when you're in there commenting, you're just listening and enjoying and, and giving the, the listening audience some, some commentary that's hopefully somewhat accurate and helps them understand. And then I come out of the booth and then the team, they're saying, so what do you think? I'm like, <laughs> you know, I said, who do you think's one? I said, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many factors here. That's it. Who would you yeah. like? And I said, you're like, give a list as long as your arm. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're an adjudicator out there at the end of the day, you're trying to balance everything, the overall musical impact and the technical aspect of the performance and then the tonal aspect of the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're adjudicating from an ensemble standpoint, there's so many other things that, that work into it. Yeah. Um, so many different moving parts, Bob. Yeah, to consider. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a bit crazy to try and think of it all. Just to go back one your earlier question over the last 10 years, I would mm-hmm. say it'd be interesting to go back, and I'd like to do this, go back and listen to maybe the top six performances 10 years ago yeah and then listen to the top six today and ask pipers to turn off their piping ear and just focus on percussion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would say sensitivity go out on a limb here (laughs) sensitivity (laughs) in terms of dynamics the dynamics range yeah, yeah. from uh, a drum core is much more pronounced these days. I think you're right too. I would too. say yeah. there is that kind of a dynamics range maybe 10 years ago from the vast majority words. Now you're seeing... Yeah, it's increasing certainly, yeah. Depending on what's being played and, and how the band wants to have it portrayed musically. Mm-hmm. So the overall ensemble package from the bands goes, and you couple that with the orchestration now that's coming from the the bass and tenors within yeah. the percussion core. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when you had so many voices, tenor voices, and maybe some were being criticized for overdoing it and then stepping back just a little bit. We can't move forward. I don't think we can move forward in anything unless we go a little too far, and then we then we bring it back a step yeah. or two. Yeah, oh, quite right. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's happening. Uh, 
to a certain extent. Um, that's it. That'd be an interesting experiment, actually. That's maybe one that us in the Rab show we could try. Get some recordings from ten years ago and maybe compare them. That'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, Bob, can I ask you then about your own piping career? Uh, throughout your years of playing, judging, commenting, and all of your involvement in the piping scene, how, what has been your most memorable moment to date? That's quite a difficult question to ask someone, but has there been one moment? I started piping took up the chanter in 1963. Um, and, and then I was, by the late 60s, 19, 1969, 1970, I was into the open professional ranks here at home. Mm -hmm. I think if I looked at that decade by decade, there'd be different things decade by decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe early on when I was competing, there might've been certain um, competitive successes yes. that I would have said at the time, oh yes, but as time goes on, quite frankly, there's not a lot of meaning in my life to mm. those. Uh, the study here, which is full of books, because I love to read, um, years and years ago, it was, you know, I'd stopped competing ages, before that, but it was the, the shelves were littered with all of these little keeper trophies from years of solo competing. Yeah, um, there are none now. They're all packed away in boxes in in the attic. Um, wow. Yeah. None of that really. It helped you get maybe where you well. It did help you get where you are, mm -hmm. and understand music and and maybe be a better teacher of the instrument and do a fair fair amount of teaching uh, both here mm -hmm. at home and, and online um i'd say the international things that i've done anytime i've been asked to go you know new zealand or australia to adjudicate and teach same thing with south africa many times those are all individual highlights yeah and the first time i judged the worlds that was in 1989 um, at Bella Houston Park. Mm -hmm. I even had the, the judging year. I was on the grade two of the year. It was at the Scotsman Showgrounds, the Dust Bowl. Oh, yeah, the Dust Bowl, yeah. <laughs> with each circle, like, backing onto each other. On the top of each other, yeah. <laughs> um, but but all of those were, were terrific. Um, had a lot of meaning. Hmm. When I was taken off guard a couple of years back, when um, in between the March Strasbe and Real and the Medley, um, the BBC folks said, we need you in the main arena. And we have limited time, you know, grab a bite to eat and then get ready for the medley. And yeah. uh, I said, what's going on? And they said, oh, well, Jackie's chatting with then George Usher and a few other of the top officials in <laughs> the RSPBA. And, and I said, and I had my script and everything. I said, well, I'm not needed there. No, we just like you there just to support Jack. You just kind of be there. Yeah. I went, okay. I'm going to stand there and look stupid. I went, so I went out there and then she mentioned something to George. And then George started going on. And it was at that point I realized the penny dropped. They're going to present me right now with the long service pin. And, um, oh, yeah. And it was done. It was done right there. And that was caught me off guard. I don't like to be caught off guard like that because it, it was pretty emotional. 
Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was an honor, you know, to be an overseas adjudicator, having having done this for well since 1989, mm -hmm. and to be recognized in that way, it was, um, and to be welcomed, kind of welcomed into the fold and everything. It, it, it yeah. It's difficult yeah. to describe, I guess. Quite incredible, though. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of folks listening right now could really get the emotion behind that, you know, because yeah. that is a, it's a huge yeah. recognition. Yeah. Sitting, I guess, sitting in the concert hall, and having a band at that showcased concert mm -hmm. play one of your own compositions, like that's like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There um, you go. <laughs> That's a biggie, and um, but I think in terms of a single one, and it's more recent, is when the kids from St. John's College in Harare in Zimbabwe, when yeah. they uh, when they won there a couple of years back, the novice grade that that was a biggie. Yeah, uh, that, that would be special for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so many great, great moments, but I'm sure, and many more to come as well. Uh, I, have a, I have no doubt. So can I ask you, a lot of folks look to yourself as an inspirational figure in the bagpiping world, uh, but is there anyone that you look to for inspiration as being this inspiring figure in the bagpiping world? Difficult gonna, question. <laughs> it's like when Jackie Bird says, so... Give me one band that you think is going to win, and then I say, oh, "Yeah, <laughs> don't give me five. And I said, "Well, okay, I'm going to give you about five. I just uh, sure, sure. <laughs> um, as a kid, as a kid coming up, I had every recording by John D. Burgess. Oh yes, John Burgess, legend. Yeah, and and I would learn the stuff by ear. Right. Yeah. And then when I finally went over for a couple of years and competed and competed with him and got to know him and and since his passing, got to know his, his daughter, mm. Margaret Craig, quite well, who lives in, in Inverness. And um, he was an inspiration early on, as was Pipe Major Angus MacDonald, big time. Yeah, big yeah. Time. Mm. Um, just his style, Angus's style of playing, the sound and how he took the stage. And it wasn't just the playing, it was, it was the whole performance part of it and the yeah. confidence. Confidence, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had lessons for many years here from uh, the late John Wilson, who'd come over from Edinburgh in 1949 to Canada, mm -hmm. who had had the fingers blown off the, yes. with the blasting cap when he was a kid and relearned further across the chanter and everything. Um, at a les lessons with him, he never missed a grace note, and he had had a, one lung removed, and he had all sorts of other health problems, and it was just... It was an inspiration to go to a lesson and have a person be able to demonstrate something at his age. When he was, mm. I was going to say he's probably about my age now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and not miss a thing. It, yeah. it was, that's inspirational. Um, and then today, if you take a look at people who are competing, the young guns coming along are just, are just superb players and they've got this huge piping life ahead of them. But then you take a look at people like Roddy McLeod, Willie McCallum, and God bless him, Jack Lee, who just gave a tremendous Peabrock at the Glenfiddich this year. Oh, incredible. Uh, yeah. These guys are still going, mm. going well, 
and they're inspira they're inspirational to all the young players coming along. They're teaching a lot of yeah. these young players, and you know my hats off to them. And of course, they're this is their livelihood, and and I used to say to Roddy when he was a principal at the piping center, I said, "How do you do it all? You know, you've got <laughs> the piping center, you've got piping alive, and everything else going on, and." Yeah all the events of the piping center and to juggle it all just absolutely amazing and uh and then here on home turf um i would say that our own michael gray in terms of creativity okay yeah. unbelievable creativity mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the, the the music he's put together in his own compositions and everything else um it, when he was with the 78 Fraser Highlanders and helping put together their medals, he was way ahead of his time. Yeah, I would say so too, 100%. Yeah. Way ahead of his time. And, you know, you talk about key performances. I'd say one performance, if I jump back to an earlier question, mm -hmm. not when it was being live streamed or anything, that the year before uh, Vic Police won. Um, oh, yeah. Was, oh, they should have won the year before and this and that. Well, um, I was one of the judges the year before <laughs> on the medley and had them first. And yeah. I listened to that performance again recently because I thought, was I deceiving myself? <laughs> and I went and listened to it again. I thought, you know what? There's a performance from 19, whatever, 95 or whatever. Yeah, I guess 95, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would stand the test of time today, musically, tonally, mm. technically. It was really, really good. It was one of the finest performances I think I've ever heard. Mm. Um, at that era, in, the, in that era. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Unbelievable. But uh, so I'd say Michael on home turf, he, mm. he's, a, he's a great friend of mine, and um, but also an inspiration. There you go. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah. He's always got to have something on the go, new and different. And he's always got creative ideas and everything. <laughs> Constantly uh, working on something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on on Scottish turf, if you look at John Wilson. Yes. Uh, from Strathclyde Police, mm -hmm. as a solo player and still playing brilliantly. Yeah. His solo career, his career with the band. And then is continuing to contribute as an adjudicator, both in solo competitions and band competitions, and his contribution to the adjudicators management board, and working with a lot of personalities. Yeah, that's where his background <laughs> in the police. He just he just has a way of bringing people together. There you go. Um, yeah, and I think the associate the association from a pipe band standpoint and also the solo adjudicators association very lucky to have him mm. and his skills not just as an adjudicator but just his personnel skills and how he can bring people together highly respected yeah dear friend of mine and um but also an inspiration totally to keep yeah. playing you know he's just my senior by two or three years but uh, when i hear how well he plays i go Oof. I'll get the pipes out. There's yeah. No excuses here. There's no excuses. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I have to ask you then, Bob, with the global pandemic and everything, it's been quite a terrible year for 2020. Um, how have you found 
lockdown and all of that yourself personally? I guess I could lie and say, oh, it's been fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure you've missed the music like the rest of us. Yeah. Everyone's personality is different. Mm. And, you know, some people can manage, I think, without a lot of social contact and they're fine. Mm -hmm. That's not me. Yeah. And um, I have no hesitation in telling you, whoever will listen here today, that Mm -hmm. I found this really difficult just from a social interaction standpoint, very difficult. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, you know, putting energy into, you know, my own teaching and, and pupils and trying to keep them positive, saying, well, you don't have a competition season, but here's a great opportunity to expand your repertoire. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're not out there competing every week and, and, the tunes you've always wanted to work on, but you couldn't because you were focused on here come the next X number of competitions. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to keep them motivated and everything. But but I worry. I worry about um, our ability to attract when there are no competitions to attract new players, youngsters. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's and, true. And, adult learners too when there's mm. nothing out there for them to hear or see or very little yeah the yeah. online contests the virtual contests they've been, they've been great for for what they do mm-hmm. because it, it's helped p- keep people going um, uh, some of the the higher end players have chosen not to get involved there i understand that uh it's been great for the younger up-and-coming players mm-hmm. yeah and um, you know, so I applaud all of the, the bands or organizations that have had those. I've been adjudicating a number of those. I think South Africa did one, and mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. from Australia, and a bunch in the States, and here in Canada, and, and like two or three in the UK. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 still not the same. You're not no, playing for an audience. Is, yeah. Um, and there are all sorts of other factors that that play into that that just don't make it quite the same. Um, yeah. What happens in 2021, I don't know. You know, there's talk at this point in time that we're close for a vaccine when, uh, whenever it's available and, um, and you can sign up for it. Hello. Yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> I'm there. So yeah. I don't care where you have to stay with <laughs> <laughs> I will bear all. For, That's it. Just to get back this, on the grass again. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and I worry about the people who have been established players in the bands and also in, in the solo ranks who people that do this, you know, this is an obsessive thing that we're involved. It's, this yeah. is our life. Mm-hmm. But when you take something away for people that have that personality, other things come rushing in. To fill the void. Yeah, like you were saying with your butterflies and everything. There we go, the butterflies Gardening. And and reading books. And yeah, everything. yeah. Mm-hmm. But people who have families and that, and all of a sudden there's more time for their kids, more time for the family, more time for their relationships. Yeah. And will they go back? 
will they go back with the same intensity? That's it. Yeah. Will they say, you know, I've done my bit. (laughs) You know, every year at the world's, you know, you get a note saying, oh, so-and-so who's been with us since the start of the band and listen that this is their last competition. So you make some Mm -hmm. mention of it as they're leaving, coming out of the shoot at the end. How many people have made that decision now? I, yeah, that's the scary thought. Yeah, it really is. And it's something we've discussed on the show before, you know, now that folks have this free time and, you know, aren't lifting the chanter or the sticks and that, you know, what's going to happen next season? If the season does open its doors, will we have as many bands being able to feel the band in the first place? Yeah. And my, you know, my social bubble includes some elderly relatives who live nearby Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's it's a small number of piping friends, and then staying in touch with them via Zoom and everything. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Donald McPhee arranged on the days of all the championships this year mm-hmm. that evening uh, there'd be a Zoom call that all of the judges could go in if they wished, and oh, it's a great. Oh, brilliant! Those are great. Everyone goes on with a drink, and then we just sit and ins- insult each other and everything. <laughs> oh, you can well imagine it's just all great fun. Yeah, and um, and then on Mondays there there are a group of us who adjudicate solo contests overseas, mm-hmm. and uh, we get together and and have a little little Zoom chat. Take us. That's one, great. Have it with it with a drink. So get together for a drink. So they're they're saying, well, we'll do a happy hour thing. Yeah, and they're <laughs> want, wanting to do it at like initially I think it was four in the afternoon UK time, mm-hmm. and I. And they said, come on with a drink. And I said, it's 11 in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> I'm going on with a hefty dram at 11 in the morning. Yeah. I'm flat in my backside on the couch in the family room, you know, by two. I'm going, that's it for me. So they um, moved them a little later. So at least it's afternoon. That's not too bad then. Yeah, you could live with that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when we go into lockdown, what, what do we do? We've got to talk to people. We've got to stay connected. That's it, indeed. Yeah. Now, on ourselves and the Rab Show, we're doing what we can to try and keep our piping audience involved, indeed. Yeah. yeah. You know, I take a look at my own phone that's charged up at the start of the day, and and then by the end of the day, I go, oh, my gosh, I'm down to like 5%. How much time have I spent on Messenger chatting with friends throughout the world? <laughs> um, there you are. Staying in contact with people and, and that, having, having a laugh. So, that's it. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. I hope for the best. I really hope for the best. I think 2021 might be a bit of a transition year. Yeah, that's it, I think. Building towards hopefully something better in 2022. Yeah, yep. Yep. I think you're right. Yeah, once we come to terms or get used to this new normal, as they're calling it, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what way that develops. Uh, but Bob, before I let you go, um, first of all, I have to say a massive thank you for taking time to chat to us on the show. Uh, we have a massive, massive, uh, how would you say, fandom of yourself. Uh, we religiously follow the live streams of the world every year, and we absolutely love your commentary. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, but have some big rab show staples that we ask every single guest that comes on the show. And... Yeah, prepare yourself. <laughs> I have to ask you then, uh, what is your favorite cheese? Uh, I like old cheese, an old, an old cheddar. Um, and I do like 
good smelly blue cheese. Oh, the real stinking stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Smellier the better. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I have to ask you then as well, food related, of course. Uh, pineapple on pizza. Yes no. or no? No. 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 Thank you. You're not a savage. <laughs> and also, there's been a little bit of a fashion trend in the piping scene this last while uh, about yellow flashes. Have you noticed this? Would you be a fan of yellow? No? Two thumbs down, Two thumbs down on yellow flashes. I no. just think it's so difficult to carry it right, you know. Red, red laces. Oh, I've seen that, actually. I've seen a band with red laces. It does look well, good. I tell you, Brian Donaldson, who, who was a pupil of John D. Burgess, this mm -hmm. is where he got the whole fashion bit, right? Yeah. He comes up from, he was living in the States, and would come up and play with the Peel Police Pipe Band, Front Rank. Mm -hmm. Everyone there with the black laces, but Brian would still wear the red laces. The red. <laughs> that would be so cool to see a whole band out there with red laces. I, that was. I, Eating with red laces. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'd, I'd be up for that. Yeah, but yellow flashes. And I think with, <sighs> with the vests are on, and, and sometimes, especially with players who are a little shorter, um, I used to like competing with, you know, like the, the, the guy serving the cards at a poker game, having... Oh, yeah. The, the sleeve. Yes. All that. There's a term for it. Anyway. Oh, goodness. can't remember. I used to have those. I'd compete with those on. I thought, wow, that was sharp. I remember oh. saying to Callum Beaumont because Callum's short, right? And he'd be mm -hmm. playing, and there was this this shirt sleeve that was down like this. And I said, Callum, you need to get those. He said, oh, I know, I know it's a bother. I said, you need the the poker, the, the little cuff thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the word for that oh, is. So sharp. There you go. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that, hundred percent. So I have to ask you. This is a difficult question to answer, mind you. Um, but have you got a most embarrassing moment uh, throughout all of your career in playing, adjudicating, anything that stands out cringeworthy? Two. Two? Oh. <laughs> One of my trips to Uruguay, uh, teaching down there, and at the end of the whole teaching week and that, uh, I was doing a recital, and it was a combination of Highland Pipes and Small Pipes and everything mm. else. My first day there, I picked up something... Um, it was it was food poisoning and it, it was bad and oh, no. I was sick with it. Yeah, and I I can get through this recital. I can get through this recital and I managed several selections. And I was going to do a couple more on the Highland pipe and I thought, no, I need to sit down. So I thought I'll just sit down with the small pipe and then I'll have some water and then I'll go back to the Highland pipe. So I was trying mm -hmm. to finesse this with the audience. They didn't know that I was really ill. Yeah, and I went to sit down. And I collapsed, passed out on the floor. Someone grabbed the pipe. Oh, no. Her, yeah, rushed to the hospital, and I was there overnight on IV. Now, that's no. a bad one. Oh, now, my that's word. A, that's a bad one. It's not, that's horrible. It's not a funny one. It's not a funny one, but it was an no. embarrassing one. Wow, that's horrible. And uh, obviously, one. you came through the other end of it, fighting fit, then, I'm sure. I don't yeah. want to talk about what came out the other end. That was... No, <laughs> no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Uh, now... When I started teaching at one of the schools here locally, uh, a gal came up to me and she said, my mom uh, is one of the music instructors at Theatre Sheridan, which is, I didn't know at the time, it was one of the major theatre music programs in all of Canada. They all go off to Broadway and everything else. Oh, wow, yeah. And um, Rory McDonald, actually, uh, from from Regina, he he's a a tenor drummer who plays with Inver and District, he went through mm -hmm. that program. 
Right. Yeah. Just to kind of connect it with the piping world. But, mm -hmm. but this is going way, way back and into the mid 1980s, about 1985, I guess. And she said they need a piper for this one big production. They're doing a Brigadoon. And yeah. um, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, maybe. So I went and met with the director and I thought it'd be go and play a couple of tunes before the curtain goes up every night and yeah. 15 minutes away and come home. Mm -hmm. So I quoted them a very, very low fee for it, very low. And then I found out everything that was involved. So they had me playing throughout the thing. They were taking bits of the musical score out and having piping instead. So the oh, wedding wow. scene and the funeral scene and this and that. And they were aging me. Nowadays, you wouldn't have to do the gray bit, but they were putting the gray in the hair and <laughs> yeah. wrinkles that are natural now. And um, and then they had me singing in, in the chorus a couple of times. It was hilarious. And... Um, <laughs> Anyway, I said, okay, I've got these different kilts. They said, oh, no, 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 because Brigadoon is this mystical or mythical place, and mm -hmm. you have to have the long working kilts we've got in our wardrobe department. They're making one. So they made it, so instead of, like, belt buckles mm -hmm. that we use, but it was these little clasps, you know, where it's like a little whole thing, and the one thing is like a little pop. Oh, little poppers. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know what they're called. Anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a long kilt that's getting close to the ankles, okay? So the first scene, okay. I had to come in through the audience for the wedding scene and pipe them up this fake staircase that looked like fake rock. Okay, yeah. And you know how you're marching along, and it was Mari's wedding, so I'm playing, and you got the left yeah. and the right, and you're trying to time it so that when you get to the stairs, you can go, Left, next yeah. step, and next time. step. So mm -hmm. sharpen the steps. Okay, I can manage this. And I get to the one step, and then as I go to lift and the other, because of the length of the kilt, the other foot was caught on the kilt. And as I oh, went like no. this, it's a full house. It's an opening night. And I'm feeling <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> now, I just remember... Because I could feel it. Yeah. My right elbow went down quickly. And I'm going up sideways. <laughs> Playing Mari's wedding. Yeah. Looking like someone who is physically handicapped. Yeah, and all over on one side. And then the, the director, and I managed to get up there, and I'm trying to fix it when I got to the top. The director came out <laughs> after the next scene and said, what happened? What happened? And I said, look at this. Look at this. I told you I want to wear my own kilt. And he said, oh, dear. He said, you're almost done in there in your underwear. I said, if it yeah. weren't for a quick a quick move with the right elbow here, yes, I would have been. Anyway, so they oh. got the wardrobe people in immediately. And before the next scene, they had it all fixed. So <laughs> that, was, wow. that was one of the, the biggies, which would have been quite humorous. But it was humorous. <laughs> Oh my word! I'm sure at the time you weren't laughing too loud, though. But no, yeah, that's no. something you can look back on. Certainly, <laughs> fantastic stuff. Well, Bob, I've kept you for a long, long period of time, and I have to say a massive thank you for taking time to chat to us and for all of our listeners as well. You know, we'd be mad keen to hear from you. So I'm glad you're keeping safe and well. And hopefully, this won't be the last time we can hopefully chat to you again on a future show. Love to. Thanks. Thanks for asking me to do this. It's been great fun. Great. No fun. problem at all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. There you have it. 
That was Bob Worrell on the Big Rab Show podcast. Oh, my word. Now, who would have thought they would see the day that such a legend graced a microphone with themselves at the Rab Show podcast? Unbelievable. But I have to say, we're not done. <laughs> it's December 23rd, and yes, the Rab Show team are on holiday, but we have got tons more great shows to come your way over the next two to three weeks. <laughs> So with that being said, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. So wherever you're listening to this right now, you'll get a little notification to let you know that Rab's uploaded another one. We have some huge, huge shows coming your way. Like last week, we had Bruce Gandy. This week, Bob Worrell. Who the heck could we get next week to top that? Well, we're going to. Um, I'm no disrespect to our previous two guests. That was absolutely incredible to have them on the show, and I really thank them again from the bottom of our heart and from all of the Rab Show team. It was awesome to chat to Bruce Gandy and to Bob Worrell. Simply incredible. But we have quite an awesome guest coming on next week's show. But before we do, we have to celebrate the holidays. Because, yeah, it's just around the corner. Yeah. So wherever you are out there in pipe bandy podcasting land, we hope that you're all keeping very safe and well. And, uh, yeah, that the holiday season finds you well as well. Regardless whether you celebrate it or not, we do want to wish you a very happy Christmas. We hope you all have the best possible time and that there's loads of great piping gifts under the tree for you. Now, of course, if you have enjoyed this week's episode or any of our previous episodes, then get in contact with us. We'll always love hearing from you. Our email address, bigrabshow at gmail. Dot com. Of course, you can catch us on our social media as well, which is The Big Rab Show over there on Facebook and on Twitter. All that usual kind of social media typey stuff. You can find us everywhere. And yeah, from all of us here in The Rab Show team who have worked so hard over this past 2020, uh, yeah, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to everyone who tunes in every week and for every show that we put together. It's a labor of love and we do it for the piping folk. And that's exactly why we're here, you know. So when you get the opportunity to talk to legends like Bruce Gandy or Bob Worrell or Fred Morrison. Do you remember when we talked to him? Oh my God. So many amazing interviews over this past few months. It's just been incredible. Uh, so to everyone in the piping team, piping scene, and from all of us at the team, that rhymes, I should be a rap artist. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's been quite an incredible year for ourselves in the rap show. And uh, But we're not done. 2020 still has a few more weeks yet, and uh, we're going to go out with a bang for 2020. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. But yes, if you would like to help support the show, then you can do. Go along to our Patreon page, and you'll actually get a little sneak peek of what's happening on next week's podcast. And then you can be just as excited as we are. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, I have to say a huge, huge thank you to Bob Worrell for taking the time to chat to us this week. Quite an epic episode, I think you guys will agree. And you can email us, of course, if you have any additional questions and stuff. We do hope to get Bob back on a, on a future show. Uh, so yeah, if you would like to ask any questions of Bob Worrell, the legend, then you can email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Or of course, you can do it anonymously. You can submit a weekly drone, bigrabshow.com forward slash weekly drone. There you are. All right, folks, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thank you so much for downloading this week and each and every week. And don't forget, you can check us out again next week as we roll into quite a huge episode. Really excited for it.
Don't forget to tell your friends about our wee show and also to consider supporting us on Patreon if you so wish. And yes, from all of us here on the Big Rab Show team, we want to wish you, no matter where you're living at the world, no matter what you're doing right now at this very moment, we want to wish you a very, very happy Christmas. And we'll see you all next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, including our two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date on all the latest news and views from around the piping world. Plus, of course, check us out on Patreon and become part of the Patreon faithful. For just $5 a month, get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness. So until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.